0: We are playing Christmas tunes today, actually holiday tunes, since we had the Adam Sandler Hanukkah song right before. John Rash and DJ Tice are here from the Star Tribune. It is playing politics. Gentlemen, I've put this out earlier, so I want you to chime in. I asked the uh, public, and Doug, I'll start with you first. One word, one word to describe what is taking place today in the nation's capital with the impending vote to impeach the president. If you could come up with one word, what would that? Tell you?
1: Well, I think I'd say regrettable, uh, and I mean that in multiple uh, multiple yeah. senses. Um, I'm in a little different place than some of my colleagues on the editorial board on this. I don't think this impeachment uh, process is is serving the country well, and uh, so I think what we're going through is regrettable in that sense. It's also regrettable that we have uh, the kind of president we do, uh, yeah. who uh, has created this. Kind of atmosphere and uh, discontent and uh, displeasure with him that uh, has resulted in this uh, and i I think it's regrettable as well that, that even finding ourselves in this situation, the polarization on Capitol Hill is so severe yeah. that the process is uh, is pretty ugly. Uh, and uh, promises to continue that way as we move out of the house and and into whatever procedure the the Senate is going to undertake.
0: Before I get to John, let me just follow up. So, you differ from other folks uh, with the trip on impeachment. Do you think we shouldn't be doing this, or just expand on that a little?
1: Bit? Yeah, I I I think that uh, although Trump's uh, conduct is. Uh, Improper and uh, and, and uh, disgusting uh, that it, this is simply not the kind of grievous offense that rises to the level of high crimes and misdemeanors and and uh, justifies overturning the result of an election, uh, especially in an election year mm-hmm. uh, and intervening sure. this way in a in a re-election campaign, uh, and th- that especially given the. Uh, certainty that the Senate is not going to remove the president and and therefore prevent what some people seem to fear uh, might be additional uh, misdeeds of this kind. Since that is not going to happen, yep. I guess I don't see the purpose John, other than further division polarization.
2: John, if you had one word to describe what's taking place. Constitutional. Congress is a co-equal branch along with the executive branch. <laughs> It's often easy to forget that in this era of media-dominating presidents from both parties, but they have a constitutional responsibility to be a check on the executive branch. I concur with my colleague Doug that having to have this process is regrettable because any time a president of the United States is going to be impeached by the United States Congress is an unfortunate time in the nation's history – But as Speaker Pelosi and many others have pointed out, they believe that the president's actions left them no choice in Mm -hmm. that what happened was clearly impeachable and the facts to them were irrefutable. And so they believe that they need to move forward on this. And, of course, from there it goes on to the Senate and they'll have quite a different interpretation because that's led by Republicans.
0: What do you say, though, to what D.J. said, that because we're sitting here, by the way, if this vote does take place today, it's exactly 21 years of the day of when Bill Clinton was impeached. It's kind of odd that the, the date is the exact same. But what do you say to GJ's point? Because a lot of people, especially defenders of the president, say, listen, you know, we're, we're, we're within the year of the election. Because you're so close, you don't need to do this. Just let the public make their decision in November compared to going through this when it
2: appears we all know what the results will be both in the House and in the Senate. D.J. also said, again, it was regrettable. And what I think is regrettable is that the president has put them in this position by engaging in what his own handpicked ambassador to the European Union, Gordon Sondland, said quite directly was a quid pro quo. And for all sorts of reasons, as constitutional scholars have pointed out to Congress, they believe that if this isn't impeachable, nothing is. And so they – the Democrats in Congress and many in the United States believe that they have to move forward to hold this president accountable. It is highly unfortunate not only that it's happening but that it's happening within an election year and that the voters will be able to render their verdict. But that if they don't hold him accountable, it not only sets a terrible precedent for this president but for Mm -hmm. future ones as well. And it's their duty to move forward with this. Yeah. I
1: I just don't happen to think that impeachment is uh, something that ought to be easy uh and uh, if it you know was so rare that it uh, hasn't happened uh, removing a president in 250 years almost yeah. obviously uh congresses up until now have thought it uh, a pretty difficult level of of misconduct to reach I just I guess I'm kind of troubled by all of the concern in this connection with Uh, the integrity of elections, and we'd hate to have somebody interfering with our election. Well, there's no interfering with an election like overturning the result, which is what impeachment is. And there's no interference with it. Although it's not
0: completely overturning if his vice president then becomes president, right? It's not like this is overturned and Hillary Clinton becomes the president. No,
1: but Donald Trump was
0: elected president. Uh, Mm -hmm. His name was on the ballot. Yep. Uh, it
1: certainly is reversing that decision. I don't think it's uh, tremendously clear that Dave, that uh, Mike Pence would have gotten elected if his name had been yep. at the top of that ballot. I just, you know, what what could be a more colossal and uh, impactful intervention and interference in an election campaign than the spectacle that we're putting on right now—a show trial yep. of the incumbent president right in the middle of the campaign. I mean, tomorrow night, all of his uh, opponents, including three supposed four jurors who are going to sit in some kind of impartial judgment of him, will be on a debate stage.
0: Well, let's talk about that, too, because the last couple of days, uh, Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham have said things and Republican excuse me, Democrats been up in arms. John, I'll go to you first here, where Lindsey Graham. And we see a lot of juxtaposing audio and video of Lindsey from 1998 to now. But Graham, the senator, and uh, the Senate Majority Leader basically have said, we're not impartial jurors. That We want to get this over as soon as possible. And Mitch McConnell's been saying, I'm going to work right together with the White House to get this done. And people have said, "Now wait a second. How can you be an impartial juror if this is how you feel? I get that, but aren't they just being honest? Because does anybody really believe that all the Democrats on the other side are going into this like everybody is supposed to do when we're involved in a civil trial or a criminal trial, that this is just very, very different? And to act like people have not uh, pretty much come to their conclusions already is, to me, a bit of fantasy land at this point.
2: Impeachment is a political, not a legal process. And accordingly, politics are front and center and people from both parties have made their opinions clearly known. There are some who clearly have said that they believe that their role as impartial jurors (laughs) keeps them from commenting, but that seems to be few and far between relative to those who have expressed an opinion, and as D.J. rightfully points out, several who are running for the president of the United States as well. And so I think that it is unlikely, however unfortunate, that they're not going to sit back and weigh the evidence. I think it's even more unfortunate that the evidence that should be brought forward in a process like this indeed won't. Here we are waiting for a book to come out from Ambassador John Bolton, who at the heart of it had labeled this, quote-unquote, a drug deal that was happening in Ukraine. He has resisted testifying. He has said he won't come unless a court compels him to. But boy, he's waiting for all of us to buy his book to ostensibly share with what really happened and how he feels about it. With reportedly a $2 million advance. Of course. And, you know, that's extraordinarily cynical on, on all levels. I think for those who support or who don't support the president that there should be more transparency and more honesty. And indeed, many people who don't have a $2 million advance to fall back on defied The presidential wishes not to testify and came forward because they thought it was their patriotic duty to do so. And so I think that it would have been more appropriate if Senate Majority Leader McConnell would have indeed said, yes, you can get these witnesses to come forward that you're requesting. That Senator Schumer asked for these four key witnesses because we think that they'll exonerate the president because, as we've said all along, we don't think that he did anything untoward and certainly nothing impeachable at this point. Instead, that was thwarted. And I think that's a disservice to the American people.
0: Let's do this, Doug. Hang on. I want to get my break in because I want to hear from uh, DJ Weather, you know, how, what he, how he's reacted to the idea of, uh, you know, if, if the jurors have already pretty much decided where they're standing. And also, since John has raised the idea of witnesses, where uh, DJ stands on that topic. Wow, we've classed it up here. Very nice. Somebody had to. Yes. All right, Doug, where do, we, where do you stand here on the idea of the jurors and partial or not? And Chuck Schumer wanting witnesses and Mitch McConnell basically saying, hey, the opportunity for witnesses took place in the House. We're moving on to the role we're playing now.
1: Well, I think uh, probably relatively few Americans have given much thought to what they uh, consider the proper role and nature of the Senate uh, majority in an impeachment proceeding. But it's going to become a fixation of the nation yeah. <laughs> here in the next uh, weeks ahead as this thing gets debated. Um, you know, I th- I think impeachment is a political process, and this has actually been litigated pretty extensively, and I think that's going to become apparent, including during the, the Clinton impeachment. Very early in those proceedings, Tom Harkin, a uh, yep. longtime uh, senator from Iowa, Democrat, uh, objected to the senators being called jurors mm-hmm. by the by the House managers who were prosecuting the case against Clinton – and insisted that they're not in jurors they're not asked to be impartial or uh... consider only the facts that they are the triers of both law and fact And chief justice rehnquist made a ruling to that effect that they should not be called jurors yeah. they are not jurors they are triers of law and fact which basically means that they run the whole show yeah and the supreme court has ruled that way unanimously that impeachment is a political question that is committed uh to the Senate, and to no one else. And in the end, that's the way it's going to be, and yep. that means the Senate majority. Now, unfortunately, what's changed is that back in 1998, there were, you know polarization was not as bad as it is today, and they were able to come to a sort Some of dignified agreement, agreement yep. on, on many things. I also do think that McConnell and Graham and other Republicans are going too far uh, in dismissing... Uh, this case and, and showing their disdain for it because they are required by the Constitution to swear an oath yeah. to do impartial justice. Yeah. That's language it's right there. that they have uh, adopted over the years. And so even though we all know that you know nobody would impanel a single member of the Senate <laughs> if you were you know, choosing an ordinary jury yeah. because none of them are the least bit impartial. Uh, but even so, they should at least sh- try to show a modicum of... Uh, uh, of respect and uh, uh, and, and uh, care in considering the case.
0: John, the uh, the president, well, let's compare it to Bill Clinton. You know, Bill Clinton obviously was very detested by the Republicans. At the same time when all this was going on, Bill Clinton was doing his job, and his numbers were going up. The president, in this case Donald Trump, is fixated on this. I mean, the tweets, I mean, we had one day last week, I think we we're 130-some tweets, Yesterday he, uh, and I have no doubt he wrote most of this, just a vintage Donald Trump letter uh, excoriating Nancy Pelosi and the entire process on the same day he's asked in the White House if he's going to take any responsibility for this. And he says, absolutely not, right? And let's not forget Bill Clinton apologized, right? Uh, Admitted his failure, and that was a part of trying to move the process on. There isn't going to be any healing point afterwards, right? Because the president is not going to do that. The president is not going to reach out towards the other side. The other side is not going to reach out to him. Uh, The animosity and the rancor is not going to simmer in any way after this is done.
2: No healing, more wounding, I believe, because I think that the president is going to try to use this as the basis for his reelection. and. Correct. To some degree, it plays to his strengths because, you know, we were talking about debates in the previous segment, and that was not a time where he was on as firm a footing as when he's being attacked and when the central issue is him and his presidency. And when he's at the rally in the appropriately named Battle Creek, Michigan tonight, oh, and, yeah. you know, he's in battle stance in, in terms of what's happening. And it may be the ultimate split screen moment with him holding a rally and the house of representatives voting. voting on his impeachment he in general in his political career has thrived on that kind of contrast and so he is going to keep moving you know in in that direction and you're right there seems to not only be no contrition but when asked if he felt any responsibility he used the word zero, zero. and so yep. you know that plays into some democrats perspective that this is their responsibility to do this and by not doing it it would encourage similar behavior by the president what do you think
0: Doug? we got about a minute to go when you read the president's letter towards Pelosi I, I don't think you were surprised by any of the words and the uh, rhetoric used by the president I was not you could tell
1: uh, he wasn't using a ghostwriter because it was you know so classically uh, yeah. uh, vintage Trump well you know the president's um, inability to restrain himself and show any grace and class uh under any circumstances is a, a not a small part of why we're here. Yep. Uh I think as much as anything any other factor uh you know his kind of barbarous personal style and this relentless uh, fomenting of strife uh as his approach to the presidency and and I guess to everything else and in life. life <laughs> uh, you know has 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 rubbed political wounds so raw that it, has fueled uh you know this this level of animosity that uh, has has led us to this place which i don't think is going to do anybody any good uh the country uh or the democrats or the republicans whether it does donald trump any good i don't know but i that doesn't uh, constitute much of a comfort for me
0: on that upbeat note we have to say goodbye but it's that's accurate. That's that is exactly where we are. Thanks, John. Thanks Thank still. you. Uh, Plain Politics is partnership between WCCO Radio and the Star Tribune. Hopefully you had a chance to listen to all of it live. If not, go to Radio.com, hit the rewind or listen to all of it. Star com.